Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I already did an episode where I talked about the proposed 30% federal tax credit. That information was based on the initial press release. But this week, I have some new information. Thanks to one of you, one of the listeners of the podcast and viewers of the YouTube channel, I was able to get a copy of the actual text. And so now I can give you some more detail, answer some of the questions that came up, and point out one of the major flaws I see in the bill that I hope, with your help, we can get fixed. Now, just to recap, in case you didn't hear the previous episode, there is a bill This is a proposed law. This is not in effect. There's nothing you can do to take advantage of this yet. But there's a proposed bill to provide a 30% federal tax credit that goes towards the purchase of an electric bicycle. So great news for anyone looking to buy an e-bike in the near future if this goes through. Might be a way to get some money back on your taxes. There's a few things that we know for sure from the press release. And just to recap again those things. One, there is a limit on the total amount you can take back, and that is $1,500. So in other words, if you buy a more expensive bike, doesn't matter, you can only get $1,500. Well, sort of. There's a little loophole we'll talk about later. Second, there is a maximum amount that you can spend on the bike, and that is $8,000, which is a lot of money for an electric bicycle. Most of you are not buying anything that costs anywhere near that much money. But that is the maximum cap. If it's any more than that, you can't use basically the credit for something more expensive than that. I don't really know what the motivation is, but it kind of makes sense to have just a cap of some sort on this. Now that left a lot of holes, a lot of questions. The biggest one people want to know is when. And I'm going to answer that first. And that is, I don't know. (laughs) Does anybody really know the speed of politicians and government I don't think we really do. But there is something really interesting in the text at the very end that gives us, I think, a hint as to what they're shooting for. So in the back of the bill, there is basically a section that talks about a treasury report. And let's see what it says here. Not later than three years after the date of the enactment. Basically, there's going to be a publicly available written report that specifies how many taxpayers claimed the credit. And you can see the dollar amount of such credit allowed, blah, blah, blah. But it says at the end of that information will be available starting in taxable years beginning in 2021 and 2022. So the fact that they put 2021 in the bill when this was just released this year tells me that they're going to do what they can to get this pushed through this year. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm still going to give it a 50-50 if it happens or if it doesn't. Once again, we really don't know. But there's what the, I guess, thought process is based on those who wrote this. So very interesting that this could possibly happen. Now, I'm not an attorney. I am not a politician. I can't understand the nuances sometimes of the way things are written. So it's a little bit unclear to me. Maybe somebody who is can clarify this about whether this passes if that applies to bikes only after the law passes or does it apply to any bike purchased in 2021? I'm not 100% sure on that. 
I'll have to either reread that or get a second opinion and see if I can figure that out because I'm not 100% sure on that one thing. It is very clear, however, that the tax credit can be used once the bike is placed into service because that is a question people have been already emailing and asking about, hey, can you change my order number? Can you do this? Can you do that? And of course, we said, hey, this isn't a real thing. Just be patient. Let's wait and see what happens. We're not going to change order dates or anything around to try and satisfy the tax law because it's not a law yet at this point. But it's very clear that it is based on when the bike was placed into service. That means if you've pre-ordered a bike and you don't get the bike until after this does become a law, if it does, then you can use the tax credit. If you get the bike and start using it before this becomes a law, or if you got your bike in 2020, then no, this is not going to be retroactive. You cannot use it on something you already have. Uh, A couple of other questions people were asking, does this work on used bikes? Can this work on a conversion kit if I do my own? And the answer to that is no. It very clearly states, let's see, right at the title, to amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to provide a credit for the purchase of certain new electric bicycles. So it can only apply to a new e-bike purchase, which makes perfect sense. I mean, you can't go buy a new bike, take the tax credit, sell it to your neighbor. He also gets a tax credit who sells it to his neighbor. Obviously, there's reasons that wouldn't make sense. It has to be new bike, can't be a conversion kit. It is an interesting thought that just came to mind that since it only does apply to new electric bicycles, it makes sense that the gap from a consumer perspective between a conversion kit and an e-bike is going to become smaller. And what I mean by that is right now, if you pencil out, say, a bike you already have in your garage and you add a motor and a battery to it, let's say you spend 500 bucks on a motor kit, 500 bucks on a battery, you're into it for $1,000 plus whatever you originally spent on the bike, which usually people don't include because they're like, well, I already have that though, so that doesn't really count. So at $1,000, let's say you can make a bike that's equivalent to a $1,500 bike. I'm just making these numbers up. Just give you an example. Well, if you bought a new $1,500 bike and you got a 30% tax credit, that brings it down really close to what that conversion kit setup would have cost, but you have something that's brand new and you still keep your original bike. So it's, it's going to close the gap a little bit. And who knows, it might take away from the sales of the DIY stuff. Maybe it plays no effect whatsoever. I do think it will sell more electric bicycles. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think that's going to boost sales of e-bikes. It's only going to cause more havoc with the inventory and supply right now. And it might also get people to spend a little bit more than they would have otherwise. I could see that happening too. There are some key price points I already talked about previously, you know, like spending $5,000, you get the maximum $1,500 credit. That's huge. Now, talking about the $1,500 amount, one of the other questions was, or comments rather on the YouTube channel I saw was, oh, five bikes later, they're going to go buy multiple bikes, take the advantage on every single one. Unfortunately, you can't do that. It makes sense that there have to be some limits. Otherwise, let's face it, people might find some ways to take advantage of this. But let's flip through the paperwork here and see what this says about that $1,500 limit. Here we go. Dollar limitation. In the case of any taxpayer for any taxable year, the credit allowed 
under subsection A shall not exceed the excess, if any, of A, $1,500. We already knew that, but here's some new information in parentheses. Twice such amount in the case of a joint return and then reduced by B, the aggregate credits allowed to the taxpayer under subsection A for the two preceding taxable years. A few things going on here. Let's talk about section A there. It says $1,500, or it says twice such amount in the case of a joint return. So if there's a husband and a wife who want to buy an e-bike for each of them, they can basically each take advantage of the $1,500 credit to get a total of $3,000 back as a tax credit. There is another little possibility here that I see. Let's say you already have one e-bike and you're only going to buy one more. What if you spend more than $5,000? What if you spend six or 7000 and 30% is more than $1,500? Well, I thought the way things were worded before that you'd only be getting a $1,500 credit because that's the maximum amount. But this is twice such amount in the case of a joint return. It doesn't say anything about how many bikes you bought. Basically, you can get a $1,500 credit for buying one bike on a single return or a joint return can get a $3,000 credit. That means if you already got one e-bike, you could go buy a, in my opinion, the way I'm reading this, this is my interpretation, you could go buy a more expensive, say $6,000 bike and get a 30% tax credit. The limit here is going to be that $8,000 cap. And I guess we should do the, the math on that. So if there is an $8,000 bicycle, which is, is crazy to spend that much, guys, you, you probably just shouldn't even do that. <laughs> but you could, or maybe it's two bikes that add up to $8,000. But let's say it's $8,000, 30% of that is $2,400. So you could get a $2,400 theoretically tax credit for a single bike if only one of you is buying a bike and you're filing your taxes jointly. So there's a little loophole that I see. That's a way that you could take advantage of this more so than average. But that means somebody's getting gypped on a bike if they don't already have one. <laughs> now, I did talk about before how, why doesn't this apply to just pedal bicycles? They're very efficient as a means of transportation, low emissions. Why does it only apply to e-bikes? I don't know the answer to that but they are not mentioned in here whatsoever. Now that brings me to another question. What else is allowed? People were asking, can you use this for electric scooters, for electric skateboards, for electric motorcycles? Very clear here as well. No, this is definitely only meant for electric bicycles. In fact, they use the class one, class two, class three categories that most states are adopting in the rules here. So if you have a class one, class two, class three, then it can be used. If it's outside of that, if it's not a bicycle or electric bicycle, I mean, then it's not going to work. This also is where I see the flaw. And once again, let's provide some feedback. Let's find out who do we need to mail letters to and get them to change this because this is going to cause, in my opinion, a problem. And it shouldn't. But it says, what is a qualified electric bicycle? It says the term qualified electric bicycle means a two-wheeled vehicle and then it goes into the classes. And that's the flaw. It says specifically two-wheeled vehicle. It's not really a vehicle, so, but whatever. It's the two-wheeled part that's a problem because federal laws about electric bikes always say two or three. That means that recumbent trikes, which are very popular, 
upright trikes like the Galaxy trike that we sell wouldn't qualify because they don't have two wheels. This says two wheels. In my opinion, it should say two or three, not because I just think that's right, but because that is the federal definition of an electric bicycle. And for some reason, it wasn't followed here. So hopefully we can get that text adjusted with a lot of feedback and people bugging them and saying, hey, you forgot about everybody who can't ride an electric bicycle and they need three wheels for stability or comfort or whatever reason it might be. Maybe they just like having three wheels. So that to me is a big one. Now, my experience in the past with Velo Mobiles, which is not something I talk about too often, you know, that's something that I think would be great to take advantage of this tax credit on because Velo Mobiles are traditionally very expensive. If you can buy a Velo Mobile for less than a grand and it has a motor, it's got three wheels. If you could apply this to it, that would be awesome. But under the two wheel category here, it won't work. But I think it should because those are the most efficient vehicles you can buy. They're kind of pricey, but for something that's trying to create efficient vehicles or demand for them, I think it should work. Uh, There's other stipulations in here, like it has to have pedals, you know, it's got to have a saddle or seat, less than 750 watts, common sense for the e-bike laws that we are used to. But it clarifies, like I said, some questions that people had. And I think the three-wheel thing, that's the biggest question to me that needs to be addressed or answered. I hope we can provide enough feedback to get that fixed. So there you have it. That's the new information that I have for now. I will keep providing more information as I find it, but I actually have this text, what we have so far in front of me, and I'll try to put that online or on our website somewhere so people can read it, they can get familiar with it, and maybe they can find some other positive or negative things about this bill that should be adjusted before this goes any further. Oh, and the one thing I forgot, I'm not done yet. I did say there was two things in that section earlier, A and B, about the $1,500. The second one basically said that if you take the tax credit, it's going to look at your past few years of tax history. So the way I'm reading it is that every third year, if this is still in effect, you could use this tax credit again. So every three years, you could buy a new electric bicycle. In theory, you get $1,500 off each one as a tax credit, of course. Then for the next two years, you can't do that. You've already used this. But every third year, that's pretty good. Like any decent e-bike should easily last three years. Now, final thoughts on this. There's one other thing that I think could happen to the e-bike market if this goes through. And depending on how you look at this, could be good or bad. And I think the used market is suddenly going to get more affordable. That's good if you want to buy a used e-bike. It's bad if you're trying to sell a used e-bike. In other words, if I was a consumer who had an electric bike, was thinking about buying a new one, and we find out this bill is going to pass soon, I would probably sell my used bike before it passes. Because the same things happen with electric vehicles. Basically, if a new bike, let's just say it's uh, you know $3,000, but you get nearly a thousand dollars, maybe, you know, 900 some dollar tax credit, then people are going to start viewing that as, well, it's like the bike only cost me $2,100. Well, let's say you buy that bike new for 3000 and you try and turn around and sell it used for 2500 500 bucks off new. Who's going to buy it when they can effectively go buy a new one for less money? They're not going to. So now all of a sudden that $3,000 bike 
as soon as it's not new anymore, as soon as it's used, right off the lot, so to speak, it's going to drop in value even more. Maybe it's only worth 1500 at that point because people are going to be comparing to the new prices minus the tax credit. And that's going to kind of offset their view of, of the value of the bike. So I think used bikes are going to drop in price after this goes into effect. And if it does, and that's just something to be aware of. If you're looking for used bikes, then great. That's just going to make them even more affordable than they are now. And as a, a side note, kind of along with that, if there's an incentive to buy a new bike that all of a sudden everybody can take advantage of, there's going to be a surge again in new bike sales, and there might be a market that suddenly gets flooded with more used bikes. So you have two things that are happening here. You could potentially have a flood of used e-bikes entering the market, and then you have the value that's going to drop because of the tax credit. And that, to me, is going to mean that there's going to be a bunch of used e-bikes on the market, once again, if this passes, at very, very affordable prices. I'm going to take another example real quick here because we kind of know what the market is like. Let's use a Rad Rover, one of the most reasonably priced affordable bikes, right? They did just raise the price, I think, by like 100 bucks. So instead of 1500 it's like 1599 for a Rad Rover. But it's 1599 Well, if you take the tax credit, the 30% off, effectively the new price is like $1,120 at this point. So that's what people are going to view the value as. Right now, if you go buy a used one, I feel like they usually go for somewhere, you know, around $1,100, $1,200 for a used e-bike. Well, who's going to pay $1,100, $1,200 for a used one when you can get a brand new one for the same price? Well, now the used one is probably going to be worth 900 bucks. It has to go down. It's just basic economics, supply and demand. And then if there is a flood of used Rad Rovers on the market and you can't even sell it at seven, 800 bucks, does that mean they're going to go for $500 used? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. The only third thing I can think of that might keep the prices from dropping that low is simply demand. Production is still not up to speed and keeping up with the demand of electric bikes right now. So if there's still a shortage and you can buy used one and get it now and kind of have instant gratification, maybe that'll keep the, the prices lifted up a little bit. But this is just my opinion. This is my forecast on the e-bike market. I think there's going to be a lot of very, very affordably priced used bikes on the market if the bill passes. There you have it. There's my thoughts. That's a little bit of new information for you. And I'll keep you informed if we find out anything else. Thanks again for listening to the Bolton eBikes podcast. If you're new, make sure to go check out ebikepodcast.com. That is our sign-up form for the newsletter. We send out emails every Tuesday when new episodes come out. I apologize we were late this past week on getting that newsletter sent out. I thought we were done with snow here in Grass Valley, California. Turns out we weren't. And we had a snowstorm that can slow down trucking and shipping and all sorts of other things. It also knocked out our high-speed internet, and that just caused more havoc for the week. Thankfully, all of those things are getting fixed, and hopefully we'll be back up to speed by the time you are listening to this episode right now. But once again, ebikepodcast.com, that's the place where you can sign up for our newsletter and hopefully listen to me, other guests, and people just talk about everything in the world of electric 
Bikes. Bikes.